This is your host, Corbin. And I'm Alan. And this is your guide for John Krasinski's A Quiet Place, Part 2. Despite originally being considered a one-off film by director, screenwriter, and producer John Krasinski, according to a report in Deadline, the immense critical and financial success led Paramount to immediately greenlighting a sequel a month after the first film's release. Before Krasinski had signed on to a sequel, he expressed interest in exploring who was on the other end of the fires, and how did they live. Surprisingly, the creators of the original film, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, decided not to return for the sequel since they wanted to create a new independent property. This led to Krasinski receiving sole writing credit. Paramount gave him carte blanche to expand his ideas into the sequel. In March 2019, it was announced Cillian Murphy was in talks to join the cast of A Quiet Place 2. Also, Brian Tyree Henry was announced to join the cast in June, but left due to scheduling conflicts. He was replaced by Digimon Hunsu in August. So, as some of you may know, A Quiet Place Part 2 was originally supposed to come out last year. It was supposed to come out quite a while ago. Well, the odd thing was that Paramount had spent 60% of its advertising budget. Now, that's not odd because they were expecting it to come out. What was odd is this meant rescheduling really wasn't an option. But Krasinski said he wanted moviegoers to see it in theaters together, and it was never going to release on streaming day and date theatrically like other movies have been. But it would be released on Paramount Plus 45 days after theatrical release. That's just about a month and a half. And that's another mm -hmm. major shakeup in the film industry of when movies come to theaters and then when they come to streaming or even home video. Nothing has hit streaming that fast in the past, except for these new, you know, day and date theatrical stuff, HBO Max type things, which Alan and I have reviewed a couple of those here on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Box Office Pro wrote that the film would be the, quote, first live action tentpole exclusively in theaters since Tenant was released back in August 2020. So when you think about it, there has been some movies. I've been to the theater. This is actually my third time back to the theater in uh, at least as far as I can know. Excuse me. My fourth time back to the theater in 2021. I saw News of the World for my birthday. Raya and the Last Dragon for my wife's birthday. I saw Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift with my dad a couple weeks ago. And now this. But this really is kind of the first, what do you want to call it? A blockbuster to come to theaters and alan if i'm not mistaken this is like the first time you've been back to theaters and like probably since august when we did go see tenant together in imax yeah i think this i think you're right i obviously we saw tenant like you said i know I, at some point i watched um star wars empire strikes back oh. i think that was after tenant um in the theater but i haven't been back since and that was last year so it's been a number of months um, <laughs> since I've been to the theater. So, yeah, now that this one's, you know, theatrical only, it was kind of nice to be back in the theater again because it's been way too long. It has been too long, and I was glad it finally came, and we actually got to move this one up. I want to talk about all of the changes now because there's been quite a few. Mm -hmm. All right, so originally... At least what I have, A Quiet Place was supposed to come out um, March 8th, 2020, or at least that weekend, but it was pushed 
back five months and 24 days to Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. That got pushed another seven months and 22 days to Friday, April 23rd, 2021. And I think everybody was expecting it to come out in April, considering the first film came out Friday, April 6th, 2018. But it was not meant to be. It was pushed back another four months and 25 days to September 17th, 2021. I know that was wreaking havoc on our release schedule, Alan. And then it wreaked havoc a little bit more for its fourth and final move. It actually moved up three months and 20 days to its final release date of Friday, May 28th, 2021. I know originally we were going to be reviewing this movie in like November, but thankfully, mm-hmm. we were able to move the schedule around, and we're here now to review the film. That's right. Yeah, we initially had it like, it was something weird where we were going to watch the first one, and then we wouldn't review the second one for a number of months, and yeah, luckily, we were able to rearrange that. So now it made a little bit more sense than splitting them up, the a duology of films, splitting them up for a number of months. So I was pretty surprised to see the budget for this film. I almost didn't believe my eyes considering the first film was a pretty low budget of 17 million. They beefed mm-hmm. this one up for a much larger budget of 61 million dollars, which I will say is by no means a big budget movie. Right, it's definitely not your, you know, standard Hollywood blockbuster which can go up, you know, obviously upwards of hundreds of millions of dollars. Um but that it still was a significant setup step up from the last uh from last movie getting that much money. Also, believe it or not, this tells me that audiences were very excited for this movie. You know, the pandemic, at least in our neck of the woods, is winding down. I had a full theater. It opened Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day weekend, opened number one at the box office with a fit. This is domestically, mind you, a $57 million opening weekend. That's $7 million more than the last film. Yeah, I believe it. Um, this one, when I went to go see it in the theater, uh, it had a number of people that actually filled the seats. The theater wasn't completely sold out, but there were still a lot more people than I would have expected on a Wednesday evening to go and watch <laughs> uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. So, so far, it sounds like this is, you know, definitely doing rather well, you know, all things considered. It's kind of opening up right at the right time, too. You know, people are starting to get vaccinated, so they're willing to go out more. Um, You know, people are really getting antsy, so that doesn't help either. So, yeah, I think, you know, we we, we could talk about, you know, what happened with Tenet, where Tenet came out way too early and kind of did poor in the box office because of that, mm-hmm. um, where it was releasing right in the middle of everything. Um, so this one's the complete opposite story, where Tenet, I think, opened up, you know, at like probably the worst time that it probably could, <laughs> or at least not a good time. Um, it was supposed to be the thing that brought everyone back to the theater, and it, it didn't really do that. This one, I feel, might actually fulfill what Tenet was kind of set up to do, which is to bring movies back to the theater for real. I think, yeah, you know, I think, Quiet Place Part 2 is probably filling that role more than Tenet was. I think you're exactly right. And, you know, clearly it showed that audiences were willing to wait. They went Mm -hmm. theatrical only. In total, they did push the movie back one year, six months, and nine days, which is nothing to snub your nose at pushing a movie back over 18 months. It doesn't take the cake. Fast 9 takes the cake. They push that back over two years, which is 
kind of crazy when you think about it. (laughs) They're still playing trailers for it. But it does make me wonder, because it did go up against Disney's new Emma Stone Cruella movie, which I feel like has been talked about for a long time. I never quite saw enough marketing material up until the last few weeks for it. Mm -hmm. Cruella opened at number two with $26.5 million in more theaters than A Quiet Place. But that makes me want, I, mean, I know they did do the Disney premiere access, pay 30 bucks, you get to watch it at home. Right. I'm thinking that might have cut into the theater numbers, or I know it's a movie my wife really wants to see. Right now, we're not paying that $30 premiere access. We may go see it at the theaters. I'm wondering if this is going to show Disney that theater only is the way to go, and this whole day and date on streaming just isn't going to cut it. I mean, we've talked about They're only releasing Dune in theaters. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking theaters are going to come back in a big way. I think A Quiet Place 2 is proving that. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. Um, I'm curious to see what will happen in the weeks to come. My guess is probably that it's going to keep on the same trend. Uh, Quiet Place is probably going to stay number one because when you give the people the option to watch it at home, which is a lot more convenient versus, you know, having to drive to the theater and some people might not even want to go outside to do that. giving them the option to watch it at home, even though it's going to cost extra they're I'm guessing they're probably more likely to, you know, take that chance, especially when you have a family. Um, I'm guessing that they're probably going to make it more of a night of it than having to wrangle everybody up and go (laughs) see a movie in the theater. So Mm -hmm. I think you're probably right. I think that um, my guess is that quiet place is probably if it had, if it isn't already, I would think that it's probably going to be the number one grossing movie of the year, at least so far. Um, (laughs) We'll see what happens when Dune comes out. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) Well, and number three was Raya and the Last Dragon. That's been in theaters for about 13 weeks. Yeah, let's say that's been in for a long time. Yeah, that's been in theaters for like months, for many, many months. Right. Um, Wrath of Man was number four, and Spiral from the Book of Saw came in at number five, and it's been in theaters for three weeks. This one should really tell you where we're at. Demon Slayer Mugen Train. It's been in theaters for six weeks, and it came in at number six. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, popular anime. In total, it has grossed $46.7 million. I can't think of any other anime in the U.S. that has grossed that much, and we've reviewed some of the big ones. Yeah, I know a lot of anime that comes out usually doesn't do so hot in the U.S. Some of them do. Um, I've heard pretty good things about Demon Slayer, although I ha- I know like nothing about it. Um, my yeah. old roommates were talking about going to see it at one point, but yeah, that one makes sense. That one was a pretty big deal when it came out. I remember people were talking about it. I've watched the first five episodes. It's pretty good. So you should definitely check it out, Alan and listeners, if you're looking for a new good anime, mm-hmm. um, just to round out the top 10 for curiosity's sake, since we don't really get to talk about box office in 2021, Godzilla vs. Kong came in at number seven with a million dollars, been in theaters for nine weeks, almost about to crack a hundred million. Dream Horse, I have no idea what that is. That came in at number eight. Uh, It's only been in theaters for two weeks. Those Who Wish Me Dead, I actually watched that on HBO Max with my wife. That's gross, not even $7 million, been in theaters for three weeks, and it's only playing in 1,800 theaters. It's the new Angelina Jolie movie. It's not oh, yeah. very good. It's, writ- it's written by Taylor Sheridan. Where he wrote Sicario. We're going to talk about that in a few months. And believe it or not, Alan, World War Z is back in theaters. 
only 80 theaters, but it's still in the top 10. <laughs> Grossed really? half a million dollars. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess I guess it kind of fits. I don't know. Um interesting that that one was re-released <laughs> and got some good money out of it. Yeah, believe it or not. So these numbers aren't final, but as of right now, domestically, A Quiet Place has grossed $61.3 million. Um, in the foreign markets, $22 million for a, as of right now, worldwide total of $83.3 million, which is still a far cry from the first film's $340.9 million. Yeah. But that's also not even a week, at least at the time of this recording, you know, it hasn't even hardly been a week since it's been out. No. So, yeah. still, Six those days. are good numbers, great numbers to have, especially with, a, you know, a worldwide pandemic happening. Yeah, I think a lot of people are shocked, honestly, that it's doing this good. But mm. I think it really is showing you that people are wanting to get back to theaters. People are, I think the home cinema experience for most people can only go so far. Yep. Now, some interesting things to note, like I said, John Krasinski got sole writing credit this time. There is a new cinematographer. Um, Charlotte Bruce Christensen is gone. Polly Morgan is in. Uh, Marco Beltrami is back composing the film. Um, Christopher Tellison is gone from the editing bay. We now have Michael P. Shaver. And production design is also different. Jess Gonschner um, is replacing Jeffrey Beercroft. I found that very interesting. They replaced essentially the entire crew, save for Marco Beltrami. I don't yeah. know why, but in our review, we're going to talk about whether that's a good thing or not. Yeah, I'm curious to know what our discussion is going to be in that podcast. Okay, now I'm going to talk about the scores real quick. These will probably change over time. Some of them will stay the same. I will say that. But right now on Letterboxd, it's got a 3.8. That's up over that's the first. Pretty good. That's pretty darn good. And that's up over the yeah. first film's 3.7. Currently has an IMDb score of 7.9, which is still technically higher than the first film, 7.5. I think that will probably come down a little bit over time. Um, also, a 71 meta score, not as high as the first film's 82, mm -hmm. but it still does have a certified fresh 90% critics approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It, people are loving this movie. Yeah. Sound yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, what did you say the IMDb score was again? Seven point nine. Okay, I think that was about what it was when I was checking it yesterday. So at least from the last twenty four hours, it hasn't fluctuated a whole lot. But yeah, I'm guessing like you mentioned, all of these scores maybe not Rotten Tomatoes as much, but pretty much everything else I'm guessing will probably change from the time that we recorded this to later on. Yeah, it should be noted, the first film has 400,000 people that have rated it on IMDb, whereas the mm. sequel has only 13,000 so far, just a small fraction. Ah, yeah, right. Uh, that's probably going to change. Um, the Rotten, Tomato Rotten Tomatoes audience score is higher, 94% over the first film's 82%. That's significant. And those are verified. Yeah, I, I wonder too... Um, how much of that is attributed to people who have just haven't been able to get out of the house until now. <laughs> Best uh, movie, see movie ever. And seeing a movie like this after being away from the theater for so long, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, how much an effect that has on the scores. I wonder about that too. The cinema score is an A minus, which is up over the B plus of the first film. 
So across the board, con- general consensus is this movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a home run, but maybe not quite as good. And that's what we're going to discuss next Monday, which I'm, I'm curious about our discussion. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for joining me, Alan. I'll see you on Monday. Sure thing. Thank you, listeners, for coming along with us as we've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to A Quiet Place Part 2, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for Alan and I's full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as we kick it with the Kung Fu Panda. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.